Welcome to Mental Health is Wealth. I am your host, Antoine Wilbon, and today we'll be discussing the basics of starting a business. Thank you for joining Mental Health is Wealth. I would like to discuss the basics of starting a business. This is one of those topics that's true to my heart. I truly love entrepreneurship. I like the challenges of having a business. And the biggest thing that a lot of times people, when they think about having a business, I think they try to relate it to having a job, but they're two different concepts. The thing of having a job is that you go to an actual place, you provide a service, you work there, and then you get paid. You battle with the nuances of that particular job. The thing of having a business is the creation of an entity. And sometimes entrepreneurs get a little beside themselves because they leave their job and then they create another job for themselves that's just a 1099. And that's a different thing. It's like because you just basically created a job for yourself. Creating an actual business is an entity that runs itself, that only needs your ideals and your input. And of course, you have to put your sweat equity in to build it. But the actual business itself, it becomes an entity like a Lego set that you're working on. And that is the ideal of a true business. And I always ask people when they talk about starting a business, it's like, ask yourself the question, why do I want to start a business? Do you glamorize it in terms of like the Monday morning blues that you feel when you're going to your job? Do you think that having a business is the new trend of the new world that we're in now where everyone wants to be an entrepreneur, you have to really dig deep and say, why do you want to have a business and why do you want to start this? And I would always say, try it. If it's something that you always dreamed about, don't quit your job. Always, You have 16 more hours when you leave your job to actually work on your business. You also have weekends if you're off or whatever off days you have. I would always say, if you're starting it, spend two to four hours a day working on it. Working on it may be where you're just doing research. It might be where you're looking at other businesses or you go volunteer at a place to learn what is actually this business is that you want to do. And I always say entrepreneurs should also differentiate what do they want to do? Do you want a product-based business or do you want a service-based business? Me personally, I always lean to the service-based business side is because the service base is that you don't have to house product. You don't have to have somewhere where you have to store something. You actually create something such as like a car wash, a dog walking service. Myself, we provide mental health counseling. So it's a service base. So that means that I don't have so many moving parts to have to deal with, such as if I was selling food or if I was selling t-shirts or gym shoes or something of that nature, then that would be a product-based business. So I would say, like, ask yourself, why do I want to do this? And the thing that I always ask people also is that, what are you good at? Like, what are your core skill sets that you're good at? Are you talented in graphic design? Are you a good writer? Are you patient with people? Are you someone who can do technical things such as coding or you can repair things? Think about the skill that you have, but also think about 
the sense of learning something and the willingness to learn is interest. You know, my other interest is that I would love to be a basketball coach. That's a skill set of like, I know how to play basketball. I've coached before. And that's a skill set that I have that I can also provide that service of teaching basketball. So that's the thing of the skill set. What are you good at? And if you're working a job and you're really good at that job, can you convert the job that you have into a actual business? So if you are doing, say, accounting for a firm, can you start your own accounting firm or can you teach it? Can you do some online things? So think about it as, can I take my skills and create a company with those skills? And that to me is something that you have to kind of look at and take your time with and you just don't rush and just say, hey, I can do this because you'll get frustrated. Also, be okay with something not working because a lot of times when you start these ventures, they don't work. Like before I started Archangel Services, I had a service where I sold artwork. I did my own paintings with acrylics. I did toys. I started to make toys. I got patents for toys. I went to toy shows and I tried to sell my toys. I did a lawn service, which the lawn service did work. It was just I didn't have a truck. I was putting everything in the trunk of my car, but I had a lawn service. I had over 20 customers and I would cut their grass weekly. And that was like my part time thing that I did to earn extra money when I got out of college. So I did have that. And so those things, I would say, the lawn service wasn't a failure. I just didn't have the proper equipment in terms of like being able to like grow it. And I wasn't interested in it enough to keep going. So the thing is that those are things that like you're trying these different things and you're trying to see how it works, you know? And that's why I would say like, always look at what you're good at. Look at what is something that you can do because some things may not work at first which the toy thing didn't work. I spent a lot of money on patents, designing the toys, making the toys, going to toy conventions and things like that. And I never could get manufacturer to sign me up for my toys. I created a water gun that actually shot water balloons out of it. And I wasn't able to get the manufacturer to join in with me. And I finally actually saw that actual toy a couple of years ago in stores but I just didn't have the income to be able to like build that toy out. I mean, I wouldn't say it would be a failure. I would just say I just didn't have the, I wasn't astute enough to finish that actual venture. But once I started Archangel Services, it was a thing of, I was already a therapist. I had a master's degree. I had my licensing. I had everything that I was supposed to have. So I actually converted my job over into a business. So I basically looked at my job and I was like, how can I take this job and make it into a virtual company. So how can I use technology? How can I remove the building, the paper, and convert everything online so that now I'm able to run an actual agency without having people coming to the office, a bunch of file cabinets? How can I do this and use technology? And that was the way that I started Archangel Services as a virtual therapeutic agency. And the other thing is that we also have to look at is that business structure. When you're looking at your business, you have to look at what type of business that you want to have in terms of like the structure of it. You know, I always say write out everything you think the business should have. And then as you go along, those things are going to change based off the dynamics of that industry. So I would say like the basic things that you need to do is you need to go get a 
EIN. You know, go get an EIN number. That's your tax ID number for your business. That's just just like your business's social security number. You can go to the IRS.gov and you can get that online. It takes less than 10 minutes. You create that and you essentially print that out and you keep that for your files. And then you can go to the secretary of state. You can file for your LLC. You can also file for your S-Corp. If you file for S-Corp, there's an additional tax documents that you need to file so that the IRS will actually tax you as a corporation. Just remember that. Talk to your accountant about that, but you do have to file an extra document with your S-Corp choice. It'll be taxed as a corporation. Then you go and get your business bank account. I always say you should have at least four business bank accounts. You should have one for your reserve capital where the actual funds come into, the funds can sit there. You can also have a working capital one. You can have another one that's for technical things such as like paying insurances or different things like that. And then you also can have another account for, say, if you're doing some other things in terms of selling something or whatever, you might want things come out of that account. And you want to be able to separate the funds, but you want to have all your money coming into one account and then you want to disperse it out of that account. Well, the reason why all the funds should come into that account is because when you later go to get funding, they can actually see how much money you're actually making. And the more money you make, the better it is for you to receive additional funding if you're trying to go for extra funding. So, and I would say like the small things that you could do, you can go and register your company with sam.gov, Duns and Bradstreet. And then I would say, if you're not like so super technical, you can just go get like a web page instead of getting a full blown website. You can just get a web page where you can literally just have like all your descriptive information, keep it looking a little fancy. And then I would just give you a start. And I would say that would be like the basics of you starting your business. And then from there, you can start while you're doing that. You can do two things at one time. You can be building the actual business structure that you need for the legal piece. And then you can also be doing research on who's your customer base. Find out your customer base. Where do I go to find customers so I can actually generate capital? That is a big piece of the whole thing is finding out how to get customers, how to retain customers, how to have repeat customers, and what are people looking for? The biggest thing that I always say, look for the problems. Me personally, I saw doing um, therapy services in Illinois, I saw where people had a problem with getting documentation fast. They had a problem with clients being on a waiting list very long. So you had to have more therapists than the other agencies so that your clients aren't waiting for services. You also have to make sure that you're giving proper documentation and you have to do those things without people asking for them. Those are things that I saw that was a need base. Also, being able to reach clients in various areas, such as doing home sessions with them or being able to do telehealth with them. Those are things that is really big, especially since COVID. Telehealth, that's been everything. So I think that is a big thing. And also, there are clients that we have that they don't have the technology and we will provide them with a tablet, you know, so you can have the tablet. I mean, give them a tablet, use it as a tax write off provide them with the tablet so that they can able to get their services on a weekly basis. Also, it gives the kids something to do if they want to play Roblox or do some other things that they don't have. 
they don't have technology because a lot of the kids that we service, they're living with their grandparents. They may not have that technology. And so back to the customer research is the piece of, do you want to do government contracts? Do you want to go out and solicit places? And so you have to get connected with the small business industry in terms of like going to fairs, going to classes, going online, joining groups. And you have to look at where the problem is or where's the need base that you can actually solve and provide this service to people. So that's really key in starting a business because you have to get revenue coming in. And so the other piece is you have to learn how to manage money. Well, having a business is not just like, I'm making money. I got this money, whatever. You got to learn how to manage the money. And so I always start out with managing your own personal finances in terms of knowing how much debt you have. Do you want to reduce the debt? Making sure that you have cash flow, making sure that your personal life has six to 12 months of savings. You also have to have the same thing for your business. Your business has to have reserve capital to be able to maintain and pay for itself, especially when you start to bring on employees. So those things like that is to manage those things. But the other piece is do not start your company with a loan. Do not go out and borrow money for a business that you don't know about. Use your own sweat equity to put into that business in terms of funding it yourself by eliminating your debt in your personal life and start sliding a little money over. And then you might have to do a lot of the work yourself to reduce the overhead. Don't pay yourself from your business for the first 18 to 24 months. Don't pay yourself. When I started Archangel, the first year or so, I didn't pay myself. And what I did was I just kept putting the money back into the company because I had my job. I did not leave my job for almost 24 months. When I was able to bill two months of services, which was almost, it was more than my yearly salary. And my job presented a a situation where they asked me to move to a different program or take a severance package. And, And by that time, I was already making in two months more than I made in a year. So I decided to go with myself because I already had an office down the street from my job and I was already working both things at the same time. And it just became a thing of it was time for me to leave because I had outgrown my job and my business had taken off where I had actual employees. I had an office and it was time for me to leave. But the writing was on the wall way before then. But I was actually afraid to leave my job because I've known nothing but working a job. And so sometimes you have to learn how to trust yourself when you're making the right money, when your personal finances are in order and you're able to move and you have like consistent revenue coming in and it's been proven and you're constantly still have goals to keep building upon that because you've got to keep feeding the business and you have to make sure that you save the funds. And then you have to look at the other piece of how many people am I going to hire? And then when do I stop doing the work and I start transferring each duty that I had when I first started the company into jobs for people that you want to hire? So as for me, I had so many different hats that I was wearing, which I was doing things like I was hiring people, I was doing contract work, I was doing marketing, and then I was also seeing clients myself, then I was also doing all of the documentation auditing. And so what I have done to this point is that I 
have an HR team, a QA team. I have individuals that actually check in with the therapists as weekly managers. I have a chief operating officer. So I have a biller that does my billing at this point. So, and I have 50 therapists that work with me and I have, so I have intake therapists. So there are jobs that I created and I broke down everything that I was doing and I've created jobs around them. And then you actually have to create actual job descriptions off what you do. So if you're doing certain things, you write down that thing. If it deals with finances, if it deals with marketing, if it deals with client-based services, and those are called standard operating procedures of how the company runs. And then you put those in job categories and then you hire people for those. Now, me, I make sure everyone is a 1099 that works for me and I do not pay people unless they actually do the work. So if you have clients, you don't get paid a salary, you get paid for seeing that particular client. So it ensures that the client actually receives the services so that you're not just getting a check and the client doesn't receive the service. That's something that I found out when I was working in my job is that people still receive salaries, but they weren't all the time always seeing their clients. And so at Archangel Services, your billing goes as when you see a client, you get paid for that actual service. Now, the managers, they receive, I call them stipends and not salaries. They receive the stipends based off their job duties and titles, but their set operations that they have to do on a weekly basis and they can be measured. So always look at those things about how you want to do those things and do them slowly. And something that I also do is that I constantly read a lot. I read a lot. I do a lot of audio books on business. I do a lot of audio books on how to deal with my mental state. When I get hit with something that's very difficult for me or things I can't understand, I study those things. So Audible is one of my best friends. YouTube is one of my best friends. Inc. Magazine is something that I read a lot. I've been reading that since I would say 2006. I've been reading Inc. Magazine. It's been a, a great for me. I also use service-based things, like things that I can farm out. So instead of me doing payroll, I have ADP payroll system. All I have to do is enter in the data and then they do the rest. They do the direct deposits. They do the tax forms. They do all of that. I have an accountant that does my books for me so that my taxes are done. My business and my personal taxes are done properly and they coincide with one another. So I also use Cohatch and Regis for my offices and in the other states so that I don't have to deal with the receptionist. I don't have to deal with the actual office itself. I have somebody who can manage all of that for me. I just have to just turn the key and make sure that the lease is paid on a monthly basis. So those are things that I do in terms of like having a business. And I just wanted to say like, it's okay to be told no, because you're going to be told no a lot when you're trying to do business. And there are going to be things that you've never done before. And it's going to be super difficult to do it. But I always say, persevere, ask a lot of questions, and be okay with not being the smartest person in the room. Or like people may talk to you a certain way, or they may look at you like you don't know what you're doing. And that's fine. Take that with a grain of salt. Because your goal is to learn and to move to the next level. So always fight for learning more, starting over, getting pushed back to the starting line. And that's okay. Because once you learn it, you learn it. And once you got it, you got it. You know, so be okay with being told no. 
And one thing I will say about being an entrepreneur has blessed me. And so my daughter was in junior high all the way from like, I would say third grade to the eighth grade. I was able to coach her basketball team. I had the freedom of schedule to make my own schedule, to put that time into spending time with her and her friends and being her head coach and teaching her how to play basketball and being there with her friends, which some of those, those, they're not kids anymore. They're in college now. But the thing is that I still have those relationships with them. And I enjoy spending that time with my daughter. I've never missed any of her functions because of having a company that I can control my own time. So I was always available for her. And so that was something that is a bright spot. And then also, I like the fact that I can dream about something, I can go and create it, and I can learn from it. And it challenges me to be a better person. So I do like that part of being an entrepreneur. It's very rewarding to see yourself grow, you know, because a lot of times when you get out of school, you just have a job and then you got your family, you just work and you come home and you pay your bills, you go. It's almost a thing of you get stuck in this rut of like not climbing to something that you want to create for yourself. And so entrepreneurship allows me the venue to be able to create something in my head, put it out in the world and let it become something that has challenged me to be able to, to make and do. And sometimes it creates revenue and sometimes it creates jobs for others. So it becomes a blessing to other people. But the thing of the excitement of creating something, I just recently released a new book. It was a remake of an old book, a children's book. It's called Daydream Daryl and the Lemonade Business. And with that children's book, it was so exciting working with the illustrators and rewriting the book. It's on Amazon. So if anyone wants to go and get it, you can grab it on Amazon. But the thing is, is that I'm going to create two more of those books and then there'll be a cartoon series to go with it. And so and it's not a thing of I'm doing it because I'm trying to make money. It's the thing of I'm just doing something to create something new for myself so that I can challenge myself to do different things. So that's my whole like outlook on entrepreneurship. But I would always say study what you want to do, create a business structure, take your time, but put in two to four hours a day. I'm not telling you to wake up at 5 a.m. and do yoga and stretch and do all this other stuff. I'm just saying when you get home from work, before you watch your TV series or before you sit there and do something, spend an hour, spend two hours on a Saturday Maybe go grab a cup of coffee and go to Starbucks or go to your favorite breakfast place for a couple of hours and just work on your business for a couple of hours before your day starts. When you come back from the gym, spend a little time working on that on a Sunday, you know, while you're watching the football game or something like that. Sit there with your pad and work on your business and research and do the same thing. So I always use my time of like watching sports or watching my shows. My new show now is Yellowstone. And so I would say while you're doing that, you can also work on your business, your business plan and what you're planning to do. And I would say that it become a habit of working on that. The other thing that helped me also is that I had to work on my physical health. I had to make sure that I worked out at least three to four times a week um, in terms of cardio, weight training, playing basketball, because it changed my energy. And I stopped telling people what I'm doing because Sometimes people who don't understand what you're doing, they're going to say things to you that could be perceived as negative, but it could be their way of trying to protect you from failure. 
because maybe they felt failure before and maybe they just like telling you something like, hey, you know, I wouldn't do that. You got a great job. Or they might just say, hey, I knew somebody who this happened to and they went bankrupt or whatever they would say to you. I would always say, share your baby, which I call your business, your baby until it becomes a full grown entity. Share your baby with people who have positive energy and that are going to pour into you to be able to grow this. And be aware that if something doesn't work, be aware of how to fix it. If there's a way to fix it, try to fix it. If not, know when to stop it. Like Mr. Wonderful says, take it in the back of the barn and shoot it. But don't stop trying to be an entrepreneur. This particular thing may not work. Something else may work. But I always say that actual entrepreneurship is something that is a journey. It's a fun journey. I would encourage anybody to have their own business. Even if you still keep your job, it's always good to have your own business because it challenges you. It can give you another stream of income. And it also gives you a lot of tax benefits if you still want to keep your job. So I always say those are the things that I look at. So thank you for joining Mental Health as Wealth on the basics of starting your business. Mm-hmm.